Shalom and welcome to Daily Bread for Busy Moms, a daily Bible reading podcast that goes through the whole Bible in a year. We follow along with the weekly Torah portions and read daily from the Torah, the prophets, the writings, and the apostles. If you want to learn more about the podcast or connect with us online, find us at dailybreadmoms.com. There you'll find information about the journal. Um, that's the Bible reading plan that we use, um, which Bible translation we use, and how to contact us. You'll also see information about how you can support the podcast by becoming a patron and how we can connect with you more. We've got some new things for our sweet patrons and are excited to let you hear from us in more ways beyond the daily Bible readings. So find us at dailybreadmoms.com. We look forward to connecting with you. Let's get to our podcast episode for Shalom today. Shalom and good morning. This is Karen and I am your reader today. Today is Thursday, January 4th. It's also the 23rd of Tevet on the Hebrew calendar. Our parasha this week is Shemot, which means names, and today we are reading in Exodus 3, verse 16 through chapter 4, verse 17. Before we get started though today, let's take this moment and bless God and thank Him for His word. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who gives the Torah of truth and the good news of salvation to His people Israel and to all peoples, through his Son, Yeshua the Messiah, our Master. Go now, gather the elders of Israel together, and say to them, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Yaakov, has appeared to me, saying, I have been paying close attention to you, and have seen what is done to you in Egypt. So I promise I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt into the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hevites, and Yevusites, to a land flowing with milk and honey. They will listen to your voice, so you will go, you along with the elders of Israel, to the king of Egypt and say to him, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us. Now please, let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness, so that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. Nevertheless, I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go, except by a mighty hand. So I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all my wonders that I will do in the midst of it. After that, he will let you go. Then I shall grant these people favor in the eyes of the Egyptians. So it will happen that when you go, you will not leave empty-handed. Every woman is to ask her neighbor, and the woman who lives in her house for a silver and gold jewelry and clothing. You will put them on your sons and your daughters, so you will plunder the Egyptians. Then Moshe said, But look, they will not believe me or listen to my voice. They will say, The Lord has not appeared to you. So the Lord said to him, What is into your hand? 
a staff, he said. Then he said, cast it on the ground. When he cast it to the ground, it became a serpent. So Moshe fled from before it. Then the Lord said to Moshe, stretch out your hand and take it by the tail. So he put out his hand, laid hold of it, and it became a staff in his hand. This is so that they may believe the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Avraham, Yitzach, and Yaakov, has appeared to you. The Lord said to him, Now put your hand within your cloak. So he put his hand inside, and when he took it out, his hand had zara'at, white as snow. Then he said, Put your hand back into your cloak. So he put his hand back in, and when he took it out, it was restored again as the rest of his skin. Then he said, If they do not believe you, or listen to the voice of the first sign, they will believe the message of the latter sign. But if they do not believe even these two signs, nor listen to your voice, you are to take the water of the river and pour it on the dry land. The water which you take out of the river will become blood on the ground. But Moshe said to the Lord, Lord, I am not a man of words, not yesterday, nor the day before, nor since you have spoken to your servant, because I have a slow mouth and a heavy tongue. So the Lord said to him, Who made man's mouth? Or who makes a man mute or deaf, seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will be with your mouth and teach you what to say. But he said, Please, please send it by another hand. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moshe. So he said, In fact, Aaron the Levite is your brother. I know that he can speak well. Moreover, he is on his way to meet you. When he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. You are to speak to him and put the words in his mouth. I will be with your mouth and with his and teach you what to do. He will be your spokesman to the people so that he may act as a mouthpiece for you. And it will be as if you were as God for him. Now then, you must take this staff in your hand to do the signs. That was Exodus or Shemot, chapter 3, verse 16 through chapter 4, verse 17. In our reading in the prophets now, the Nevi'im, we are reading in 2 Samuel chapter 11. Now it came to pass at the turn of the year, at the time when kings go out to battle, that David sent Joab and his officials with him, and all Israel, and they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Ravah. But David stayed in Yerushalayim. One evening David rose from his bed and strolled on the roof of the royal palace. Then from the roof he saw a woman washing, a very beautiful woman. So David sent someone to inquire about the woman, and he reported, Isn't this Bathsheba, daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? 
Then David sent messengers and took her. When she came to him, he lay with her. She had purified herself from her uncleanness. Then she returned to her house. The woman conceived and sent word to David, saying, I'm pregnant. So David sent a message to Yoav, Send me Uriah the Hittite. So Yoav sent Uriah to David. When Uriah came to him, David asked him how Yoav was, how the troops fared, and how the war was going. Then David said to Uriah, Go down to your house and wash your feet. When Uriah left the royal palace, a present from the king followed him. But Uriah slept at the door of the royal palace with all his master's servants and did not go down to his house. When they informed David, saying, Uriah did not go down to his house, David said to Uriah, Haven't you come from a journey? Why didn't you go down to your house? But Uriah answered David, The ark and Israel and Yehuda are staying in tents, and my lord Yoav and the officers of my lord are camping in open field. Should I then go to my house to eat and drink and lie with my wife? As you live and as your soul lives, I will not do this thing. Then David said to Uriah, Stay here today also, and tomorrow I will send you off. So Uriah stayed in Yerushalayim that day. The next day David called him, and he ate and drank before him, and he made him drunk. But in the evening he went out to lie on his bed with his master's servants, but did not go down to his house. So in the morning David wrote a letter to Yoav and sent it by Uriah's hand. In the letter he wrote, Put Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle, and withdraw from him so that he may be struck down and die. So it came to pass, when Yoav was besieging the city, that he assigned Uriah to the place where he knew the valiant men were. Then the men of the city came out and attacked Yoav, and some of the troops of David's officers fell, and Uriah the Hittite also died. When Yoav sent and reported to David all the events of the war, he charged the messenger, saying, when you finish reporting all the events of the war to the king, if it happens that the king's wrath flares up and he says to you, Why did you come so close to the city to fight? Didn't you know that they would shoot from the wall? Who killed Avimelech, son of Yerubashit? Didn't a woman throw an upper millstone on him from the wall so that he died at Thebes? Why did you come so close to the wall? Then you will say, your servant Uriah the Hittite is dead, too. So the messenger went and came and told David all that Yoav had sent him to report. The messenger said to David, The men prevailed against us and came out against us in the open field, but we drove them back as far as the entrance of the gate. Then the archers shot at your troops from the wall, and some of the king's officers fell dead, and your servant Uriah the Hittite died, too. Then David said to the messenger, Thus you shall say to Yoav, Don't let this matter upset you, for the sword devours one as well as another. Press your attack against the city and overthrow it. So tell him, Hazach. 
Now when the wife of Uriah heard that her husband, Uriah, had died, she mourned over her husband. When the time of her mourning was over, David sent someone who brought her to his palace. So she became his wife and bore him a son. But the thing David had done was evil in the Lord's eyes. That was Second Samuel chapter 11. Now for our reading in the Ketuvim, or the writings, we are reading in Tehillim, or Psalms, chapter 78. A Contemplative Psalm Listen, my people, to my teaching. Turn your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth with a parable. I will utter perplexing sayings from of old which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, telling to the next generation the praises of the Lord in his strength and the wonders he has done. For he established a testimony in Yaakov and ordained Torah in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach their children, so that the next generation might know even the children yet to be born. They will arise and tell their children. Then they will put their trust in God, never forgetting the work of God, but keeping his mitzvot. So they will not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not prepare its heart, whose spirit was not loyal to God. The sons of Ephraim were archers, armed with bows, Yet they turned back in the day of battle. They did not keep God's covenant and refused to walk in his Torah. They forgot his deeds and his wonders that he had shown them. He did miracles in front of their fathers in the land of Egypt and the plains of Zoah. He split the sea and led them through. He made the water stand like a wall. By day he led them with a cloud, and all night with a light of fire. He split apart rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink, as abundant as the depths. So he brought them streams out of the rock, and made waters flow down like rivers. Yet they added more sinning against him, rebelling against Elion in the desert. They put God to the test in their heart by demanding food for their craving. Then they spake against God, saying, Can God set a table in the wilderness? See, he struck the rock, rivers gushed out, streams overflowed. But can he give bread? Will he provide meat for his people? When the Lord heard he was angry, a fire kindled against Yaakov, and fury also rose against Israel, for they did not believe in God or trust in his salvation. Yet he commanded the skies above, and opened the doors of heaven, and rained down manna upon them to eat, and gave them grain of heaven. Man did eat the bread of angels. He sent them abundant provision. He loosed the east wind in the skies, and by his power he drove the south wind. He rained meat upon them like dust, and weaned fell like sand of the seas. He let it fall amid their camp, 
all around their tents. So they ate and were very full, for he gave them their desire. No longer a stranger from their desire, while their food was still in their mouth. The anger of God rose against them, and slew the stoutest of them, and struck down young men of Israel. Despite all this, they sinned still more, and did not trust in his wonders. So he ended their days in futility, and their years in terror. But when he slew them, then he saw... Then they sought him, and turned back, and desired God eagerly. Then they remembered that God was their rock, and El Elyon their Redeemer. But they flattered him with their mouth, and kept lying to him with their tongue. For their heart was not steadfast with him, nor were they faithful in his covenant. But he is compassionate, forgives iniquity, and does not destroy. Yes, many times he restrains his anger and does not stir up all his wrath. For he remembered that they are but flesh, a passing breath that never returns. How often they rebelled against him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. Again and again they tested God and pained the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember his hand, the day he redeemed them from the foe, when he displayed his signs in Egypt and his wonders in the plains of Zoan. He turned their rivers into blood so they could not drink from their streams. He sent on them flies to devour them and frogs to devastate them and gave their crops to the grasshopper and their labor to the locust. He destroyed their vines with hail and their sycamore trees with frost and gave over their cattle to hail and their flocks to fiery bolts. He sent on them the fury of his anger, wrath and indignation and trouble, a band of evil angels. He cleared a path for his anger and spared not their soul from death, but gave their life over to the plague He struck down all the firstborn of Egypt and the firstfruits of their strength in the tents of Ham. But he brought his people out like sheep and led them into the wilderness like a flock. He led them to safety, so they did not fear, but the sea overwhelmed their enemy. Then he brought them to his holy territory, to the mountain his right hand had gotten. He drove out nations before them, and allotted them an inheritance. He settled the tribes of Israel in their tents, yet they tested and rebelled against El Elyon, and did not keep his decrees. Like their fathers, they turned and were treacherous. They turned aside like a faulty bow. For they provoked him with their high places, so they aroused his jealousy with their graven images. God heard and was furious, and he greatly detested Israel. He abandoned the tabernacle of Shiloh, the tent he pitched among men. He gave up his strength into captivity, and his glory into the adversary's hand. He gave his people over to the sword. When he was angry at his inheritance, fire consumed their young men, and their virgins had no wedding songs. Their priest fell by the sword, 
and their widows could not weep. Then the Lord awoke from his sleep as a warrior shaking off wine. He beat back his foes, putting them to lasting scorn. Then he detested Yosef's tent and chose not the tribe of Ephraim. Instead, he chose the tribe of Yehuda, Mount Zion, which he loved. He built his sanctuary like the heights, like the earth that he established forever. He also chose David, his servant, and took him from the sheepfold. From following nursing ewes, he brought him to shepherd Yaakov, his people, and Israel, his inheritance. So he shepherded them with the integrity of his heart and led them with his skillful hands. How is Psalms chapter 78? Now for our final reading today in the Apostolic Writings, we are reading in Luke chapter 7, verses 24 to 50. And after Yochanan's messengers left, he began to speak about Yochanan to the crowd. What did you go out to the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? No. What did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine garments? Look, those who wear finery and live in luxury are in the palace of the kings. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you and even more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before you, who will prepare your way before you. I say to you, there is no one greater than Yochanan among those born of women. Yet the least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. And when all the people heard, even the tax collectors, they affirmed the Lord's justice, because they had been immersed with Yochanan's immersion. But the Pharisees and the Torah lawyers, not having been immersed by Yochanan, declared the Lord's purpose invalid for themselves. So then, to what shall I compare the people of this generation? What are they like? They are like children sitting in the marketplace, calling to each other, saying, we played the flute for you, and you didn't dance. We sang a dirge, and you didn't weep. For Yohanan the Immerser has come not eating bread nor drinking wine, and you say he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and you say, Look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by all her children. Now one of the Pharisees was asking Yeshua if he would eat with him. Upon entering the Pharisee's home, he reclined at the table. And behold, a woman in the town, who was a sinner, when she discovered that Yeshua was reclining at the Pharisee's home, brought an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to drench his feet with tears and kept wiping them with the hair of her head. She began to drench his feet with tears and kept wiping them with her head of hair. Then she was kissing his feet and anointing them with perfume. Now when the Pharisees who invited him saw this, he said to himself, 
If this were a prophet, he would know what sort of woman is touching him, that she is a sinner. In answering, Yeshua said to him, Shimon, I have something to say to you. And he said, Say it, teacher. A money lender had two debtors. One owed him five hundred denarii, but the other fifty. When neither could repay him, he canceled both debts. So which of them will love him more? Shimon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt canceled. You have judged correctly, Yeshua said. Turning toward the woman, he said to Shimon, Do you see this woman? I entered into your house, and you didn't give me water for my feet. But she has drenched my feet with tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the time she entered, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You didn't anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with perfume. For this reason I tell you, her sins, which are many, have been forgiven. For she loved much, but the one who is forgiven little loves little. He then said to her, Your sins have been forgiven. But those who were reclining at the table with him began to say to one another, Who is this who even forgives sins? Then he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in shalom. That was Luke 7, verses 24 through 50. If you're going through the apostolic writings twice this year, today you would also read Galatians chapter 6. And that concludes our readings for today. May the word of the Lord richly bless you. And until next time, this is Karen with Daily Bread for Busy Moms, wishing you shalom in the Golan Heights. Thank you.